listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. All right, everybody, welcome to the later show. Here a couple episodes back, remember we had the late show? Well, this is like the late, late show with John and Tiny. Not recording till Wednesday. Yeah, that's, that's on me. I've had an extremely busy life, but like I said, part of that is I was, I went to Louisiana with my boss to take hurricane supplies, hurricane relief supplies down there, not actual supplies for a hurricane. (laughs) And so then my boss calls me today and says that he has the flu. He went to get tested for COVID, doesn't have COVID, but he has the flu. So take that, everybody who said the flu went away and nobody's getting it anymore now that COVID's around. And then I've graciously told Tiny, and now we have to record over the internet, which has been a whole other odyssey. We live right across, literally right across the street. And now here we are (laughs) recording over the internet we have to send sp- signals into space to record. Well, so I know we're, we're go- we live, I mean, what, 150, 200 yards from each other, maybe. And <laughs> yeah, we're bouncing off satellites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, honestly, I, I wanted to just keep it quiet and just hopefully just not tell anybody cuz you don't have the flu you've just been exposed to the flu and it's not covid it's just the flu but i'm signed into my apple id on Eli's ipad which so he can, cuz he can't use his ipad unless you have an apple id and he's just a right. kid so he don't have one himself so my text messages pop up on there now i'm sure there's a way to turn that off i've never bothered there to is. research it and I've always there thought, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing: I've never had a reason to hide anything from Tara until today, when I found <laughs> out you were exposed to the flu. But as soon as it popped up on my screen, I was like, "Well, now Tara could see that, and she could find <laughs> out. And if she finds out, and I invite John over in this house anyway, I mean, that's going to be hard to explain to a judge <laughs> later on down right. the road." Well, I, and I thought since I gave you COVID. Uh, you know how, how bad would I look if I gave you the flu too? Oh, I don't have the flu. I don't have any flu symptoms. Yeah. I'm good to go because flu is not airborne. You know, so me and Shane would have had to kiss on the lips or something for me to get it, and right. we didn't do that. Well, no, but he only way, went to second base, right? Sure, right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get the flu from second base. <laughs> look. On the way to Louisiana, we had a flat on the trailer. Then we go down there. We have to stay in an RV because, you know, there's no hotel rooms or anything. <laughs> right. Drop off the supplies. We we worked with this real nice family. Is a pastor down there and his wife. They fed us dinner or fed us breakfast and lunch. And, you know, we gave all the supplies to them. They're going to pass it out in the community. It's a great, great thing. And then on the way back, we had another flat on the trailer but that was no big deal we did stop at the leonard skinnard monument which if you've never been there you haven't lived where their plane crash happened and there was like uh i don't know who he was but he was the creepiest like redneck in a wife beater i've ever seen and i thought he was (laughs) gonna kill and rape us 
And Shane had the same thought too. <laughs> well, I will say this. If someone's going to rape you, it is polite of them to at least kill you first, right? Sure. Well, it just depends <laughs> on what your kick is. <laughs> but but uh, I think he's like the caretaker of the Leonard Skinner Memorial. Because it was just like him and another dude were just hanging out there. It was like they woke up that morning like, hey, let's go hang out at the Leonard Skinner Memorial. And he's telling me all about it. But, uh, <laughs> but then anyway, so today, well, let's see. So that was Sunday. We didn't get back till late on, uh, that was actually Monday. We didn't get back till late on Tuesday. So we couldn't record on Tuesday. So then today I had a meeting at DHR for Ollie and all of his case stuff. And I was like, well, tiny, hopefully that'll be done kind of early. I'm taking the afternoon off at work to do this and we can record. Well, then it got around about church time or, you know, where there wouldn't be enough time before church is going to happen. And you texted and said, hey, let's do it after church. That's fine. And uh, and the whole flu thing happened today. Which but, also, just real quick, I thought that the whole COVID thing had put the kibosh on like evening services. Yeah, right. Apparently, that's only on Sunday nights. Yeah, so only we're Sunday getting, night. We're specific. Like COVID apparently is specifically targeting Sunday evening church. <laughs> that's right. Everything else is normal. <laughs> the devil, the devil hates <laughs> Sunday night. This discipleship training or uh, training union. If you're an old Baptist, it used to be called training union. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so I'm in this meeting, like very serious meeting about our foster son. His mom's there. He's got an aunt there. There's lawyers. There's all this stuff. And my phone starts ringing, and it's Thomas. So he had already asked to go to para. He was going to go play basketball with his friends. Well, I declined the call and I texted him and said, Hey, I'm in a meeting. What's up? And he texted me back. I've been in a wreck. And I was like, Oh, great. Oh, no. I excuse myself from the meeting. I tell Deidre, Thomas has been in a wreck, but he he immediately texted back. He was like, But not like a wreck, wreck. Just a fender bender. I was like, apparently he's been in a fender bender. I'm stepping out to call him. So I step out to call him. He explains what happens. He said he was turning left and uh, a car kind of came through the light and hit him. But the car wasn't going very fast. He wasn't going very fast. Swore up and down. He had a green arrow to turn. And he was behind another truck who had just turned too. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, look, I, I I can't, I'm on the whole other side of the world. I won't be able to get there. You know, I was like, take some pictures and send them to me. Cause I want to know how messed up the car was. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, if what you told me is true, that's all you need to tell the police. I was like, don't say maybe don't say might don't say, Oh, I'm not sure. I was like, and definitely don't admit fault at any point in time. And, and also uh, get the name of the guy behind you who was also turning. <laughs> the crazy thing is the girl who hit him or the lady who hit him was Libby's elementary school teacher and knew Uh-oh. Thomas and knew, knew us. And Thomas has minimal damage. And she had just like a smudge on her bumper. He said she drove this big SUV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got his little like clown car thing. He drives <laughs> and, uh, and so it's a little messed up, nothing major. And he was fine. And my mom, of course, called me and was like, we're on the way. Me and your dad's going down to meet Thomas and all that. 
Yeah, I noticed that the that. boys were at church tonight, but you and yeah. Libby and I, I didn't know if it. I was like, I hope it's not because of anyone's sick or nothing. Or no, I had to take Libby to dance, so oh, you don't okay. know. The the dance center hates Wednesday night church, and Libby has <laughs> dance at six thirty. And tonight this, she was over. Sorry, I was, this, say, I was just gonna say this is why. The Baptists hate dancing so much. That's exactly right. <laughs> like, we're, we're skipping Wednesday night church so my daughter can dance. But she got asked to be in like the advanced dance class. And so now we're, you know, she's so excited about it. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, now I got to pay for another dang dance class, you know, so you can be in that one too. <laughs> right. Well, so, when you get to the advanced dance class, do you not? Do you have to pay for two classes? Do you not just uh, leave the the old the what is it the the slow dance class behind? <laughs> She's an intermediate, uh, okay. the slow dance class. That was a good one. Uh, no, they have to. Uh, I, I really don't know what why if she will leave that other class, but I don't think she will because her best friends in that class too. Okay. So. I don't know what the deal is out other than I'm going to be out like another hundred bucks a month. So, but that ain't nothing for you. I mean, you know, not really. It ain't going to kill us or anything, but, mm-hmm. uh, I would rather keep a hundred dollars cause now my insurance is going to go up because <laughs> Tom's had a wreck. And, Even though it wasn't his fault. Yeah. But I, like I discussed with my mom, if I was a police officer, I would have a hard time believing the 16-year-old over the elementary school teacher who's telling me her version of events, which is my light was green, too. Yeah. So I'm like, Even though the elementary right. school teacher is like a lying psycho hose beast. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Right. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, look, there ain't no way the lights both were green, you know, like with, the, with Thomas having a turn arrow. So we'll see. Uh, it's just been a wild week. Oh, and I forgot that we camped out last weekend, which is the original reason everything got pushed. In the middle uh, of a flash during, flood. During a flash flood event in which one person in Tuscaloosa lost their life, you know? I, did, I wasn't and, even aware of that. And we did an entire compass course while that dude was dying in a flood. So... I mean, he was in Tuscaloosa. I had no chance to rescue him and right. get my picture in boy's life like I've always dreamed about. <laughs> but uh, so I slept in a wet sleeping bag pretty much. Well, on top of a wet sleeping bag. Uh, Hudson's tent was great. It didn't leak at all. But my tent that I've never really had out in a good rain, it it leaked a little bit. It wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. I've been in much worse conditions of wetness. but. Yeah, so they rained all weekend. It was, it's been a, it's been a rough little bit, Tiny. I, I don't know what to tell you. My wife has been having to deal with the kids basically as a single mom since I started working in Prattville, which is why the other episode was late. You know? Yeah. So it's it's just been crazy. I don't have another way. I don't have another way to put it. But mm. maybe things will calm down now. I don't know. Well, they're guaranteed to get better one day. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. Which I like the video feature here. It's a little delayed, you know. But yes. I'm glad that I can see you while we record over the internet. Agreed. It's definitely 
Uh, I mean, like you said, there's a little bit of a delay here. And everyone yeah. who's listening to this, you're just going to get it. I'm going to do very minimal editing because no, this show is so late. <laughs> I think you should publish it just like straight audio with even the beginning part where we were talking about how I couldn't get anything to work before we started. <laughs> you so know? We sound like old people on yeah. Zoom church. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, uh, what, do, what do we got as far as stories go? Well, we're going to talk about Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. Okay. And I'm going to talk about Big Wooly Mammoths. And I'm going to talk about a 101-year-old lady. So, All right. That's well, what I got going. I have a story about beaming... Have you ever heard of beaning? Apparently, it's a have, thing now. I have not. We're going to talk about a man being mauled by a beaver, but I wanted to start with this one. Scorned wife raids ex-husband cryogenics lab, stealing frozen brains of people who hope to be back, who hope to be brought back to life. Now, that's quite a t- uh, headline. That probably is. could have shortened that a little bit, but that does that does paint a picture. Yeah, definitely. Uh, people who've been listening to the show for a while are aware that we we follow the news as far as the afterlife i mean and not just the afterlife as far as in our religion like what we believe happens after you die but what happens to the body that's left here on earth like what can you do with it how do you want to dispose of it some people Mm -hmm. think that you know you we can uh I guess like Futurama, like put heads in jars in the future and people can extend their life that way. Yeah. And the old saying, hell has no fury, like a woman scorned, holds true even for those who hope to freeze their bodies and escape (laughs) the cold clutches of death itself. (laughs) This comes from the sun, so take it with a grain of salt. But a scorned wife raided her ex-husband's cryogenics lab and stole the frozen brains of people who hope to be brought back to life. Now, I believe this is Valeria Udlova, 59 years old. The staff from her company grabbed the remains of people who paid thousands of pounds hoping that they could be resurrected in the future. Some of the corpses were from Britain and some were from the U.S., they were stored in her ex-husband, his name is Danlia Mavedev, 41, his lab, which was in the Moscow region of Russia. The lab is Russia's leading cryostorage facility, reports say. They drained the liquid nitrogen from giant flasks containing the frozen bodies, and then they grabbed these and then some detached human brains, and they loaded them on trucks. Police were called, and they intercepted the cargo of the human remains. But the police were not able to catch Valeria. She left, and she also took someone's brain from cryo storage. The brains of okay. our neuro patients were kept separately in special metal metal, metal medicinal boxes. Both Medev, who runs Creo Rus, and its ex-boss, Madlova, who started a new company called Open Cryonics in the Tavera region, claimed to be the legitimate owners of the human remains. Police are now examining police are now examining the rival claims while demanding the feuding ex-spouses guarantee the integrity of the frozen corpses, the brains as well as the bodies, 
of dozens of dogs and cats that owners wanted to bring back to life in the future as well. Uh, there are fears that the remains oh, may wow. have been damaged in the raid. Says that Va- Valeria did not do it well. She just cheated, says her ex-husband, who started a new family with another woman. There was risk of damage, and it is impossible to transport these flasks in the in a horizontal position, which is what she was trying to do. While attempting to steal them, this, the nitrogen was spilled, and most of the nitrogen was poured onto the ground. Uh, the human remains then began to heat up. The claim, there are claims that she was unfairly ousted from her old company that she is the rightful owner of its assets. There are a lot of orders from different countries, especially from dog and cat owners. This is the reason why he wanted to take Creo Roos for himself. The cost of full-body cryopreservation is around 26,000 pounds, but you can save just your brain for 11,000 pounds. Although, what is it going to matter if hmm. the owner of this company gets into a messy divorce and his ex-wife just comes and steals it all and spills all the liquid nitrogen on the ground? And yeah, I mean, dude, are all those families are they going to get a a refund? I guess the the person themselves who paid to have it done that you can't refund the dead person. So what happens? <laughs> right. I I don't know. That's tough. I guess she felt like it was hers, though, you know? Yeah, it sounds like um, she was trying to start another company after her divorce. Like, maybe her and her husband had started this, and, and now she's starting her own. But she was just going to take all these remains to, like, her company. But then the police, right. like, they get involved. There's this whole big thing, and, and they're saying that, hey, we got to preserve the integrity of these people. But they it may have already been compromised, so... Right. Well, they will not be waking up to a techno paradise like in the future. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're dead. I mean, they're not coming back. And I don't know what the point of just saving your brain is. It's also. Well, I I would assume they're thinking that they can like maybe put it in like a robot body in the future. But who knows? You could be a sex robot for your wife, essentially uh, a sentient. <laughs> I sex already robot. am, John. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Dieter if she's going to wait up on me, and she said no. And I told her that was very rude. <laughs> One thing uh, that I find weird is people who pay to have their cats and dogs frozen. I mean, yeah, I don't have enough faith in medical science that. I could bring my dog back in like another 20 years. And I don't think my kids or my grandkids are really going to care much. So why do <laughs> no, you pay all that money to have your pets frozen? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that would be something I would never do, but I'm mm-hmm. also, you know, like a horrible person. And, uh, but you could get, uh, what was her name? Queen? What was your dog's <laughs> name? Queen and or Grace, whichever. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, Grace. Gracie. That's what I mean. <laughs> that that may have been what you could have done for her. Uh, I don't want to get too macabre here, but her remains are thoroughly spoiled. So, it's uh, not did doable. Did you bury her? I did. Did you bury her? Okay. In a shallow grave, yes. In your yard? 
No, in my on my dad's uh hunting land out in Ecola. Oh, okay. All right. Huh. So you can't even go visit her. A smooth move. I like it. <laughs> if Jay dies, I mean, I'm just gonna throw throw him in the in the trash bin. You know? <laughs> I feel so much better about my handling of that situation <laughs> after hearing that. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh I figure that's what you know, I can't bury him here. The yard's not big enough, you know? So I just put him in put him in a Walmart sack and drop him in a trash bin. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what the HOA's rules on, on pet burying is either. So Oh, did you go to the HOA meeting the other night? I did, I was I did go to the HOA meeting, yes. Oh, nice. How was it? It was well, okay, I have never been a part of an HOA meeting. In fact, when I was in my <laughs> early twenties, I said I would never belong to a homeowners association. Sure, yeah, a lot until of people my, made that problem. Until my wife wanted to move into a house with a homeowners association, so now I'm I'm, I'm a part of one. I mean, there's nothing super exciting happened other than we were picking a new management company to handle all the, uh, I guess the. All the legwork, so it, just to take all the the real work off of the board members. I.e., if someone is breaking rules, the board can hand, can you know call up the management company and say, "Hey, you need to get these people to do whatever or whatever." So right. we voted another one. We vote like we we did away with spaces, which is who we were with, and we went with we voted to go with another management company. And yeah. oh, I already knows. I read the the email or the post about it. <laughs> Yeah, but there was one guy at the meeting. He just wanted us to bash spaces for like mm. as long as possible. Like every single time somebody like it got real quiet, he'd be like, "So does anybody else have any horror stories about spaces? I want to let's talk about space." <laughs> he just wanted us to have a big, long, drawn out spaces bashing <laughs> session. So. Spaces did he wrong? Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> I already, I've already figured out that I, I got somebody that knows somebody at the new HOA company so you know okay. when i get written when i get written up because i haven't mowed my grass because i've been gone for like four <laughs> weeks i don't know if you've noticed how like my yard is a jungle um, my yard's getting kind of high too so no it I'm, I'm bad and the dude next door to me whose wife is a new board member my neck my two next door neighbors on the left hand oh, side of me okay i met i met her at the yeah. at the meeting so so denise I don't know about her. Joey's cool, but I don't know okay. about Denise. <laughs> she, she seems like she might call the law on me at some point in time. But anyways. Well, I, uh, I, look, I don't want to spook you, John, but I will tell you that. There, okay, so, yeah, it's technical difficulties, but I, I don't want to scare you, John, but we voted for a new board at the meeting. And there were seven people who had volunteered to be on the new board. And Denise specifically asked that someone else be removed so that she could be on the board. <laughs> for real? So, for that may be a bad sign. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh boy! Take somebody else off. He just raised her hand and say, "Hey, I want to be on the board." And they okay. were like, "Well, we already have seven people, and we need an odd number." Yeah, and right. she was like, "Well, I well, I want to be on the board," and so they were like, "Well, so so's not here. We'll take him off and put you on. Is that okay?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's good." So, and people who crave power usually shouldn't have it. How many people were at the meeting? There was now. Okay, now it wasn't nowhere near what we have in the neighborhood, but there was probably about mm, 
About maybe about 20 people. Okay. And they had it at the church, right? They did. I wonder if they pay to do that. If not, we should charge them, you know, that we're renting out a meeting space. It is my understanding that they are now I had to have no idea how much it is, but they do they are supposed to pay okay. to use Cuts Creek's facilities. But I know because when we were standing there talking and I was meeting people, uh somehow I just said uh somehow it came up the church. I was like, Yeah, well my father in law is actually the pastor here. Just bragging. And the You're just bragging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and kind the, of a big deal la- around here. And the lady said, uh she's like, Oh, well, uh tell your father in law I will be sure to write him a check. <laughs> so- okay. All right. <laughs> well yeah. Well, uh that's that's crazy. I yeah. But I feel like I have a really good friend who has a friend at the company that will be managing us that I make a call in a favor if I ever need to. So I'm confident about that. I don't know. I don't really care. You know, like, what are you going to do if I don't do what you want me to do? Put a lien on my property. That's not like that's That's never happened. Yeah. (laughs) They do put a lien on your property. I know. It's not like I've never had that before. So I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, they don't know who they're messing with. Uh, they were talking about this other house in the neighborhood. I don't know if you've heard this, but apparently they had goats. Yes. But they were like living in the house. Okay. Because they had them on TikTok. They had like goats on TikTok, like a goat channel. Yeah. They, and everyone was talking about that. And I was like, well, if they're in the house, like, what is it? <laughs> what does it matter to us? True. You know, that is the house that New York bought and okay. is currently for sale. For Jeff Hearn okay. to buy and move in and take over <laughs> podcasting duties. No, I'm I'm going to speak that into existence. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about my story here. We we're talking about cryogenic cryogenics. I can't say that word well. Here's a candidate: a hundred and one year old woman is still working on a lobster boat with no plans to retire. Do you okay. Think, huh. Do you I heard it was a union job and that's why she's still in it. I don't know. Uh, she's in the International Brotherhood of Lobster Workers. Uh, we'll say that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Max Oliver is still working. Now Max is a girl. Just Oh, no, no, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I read this wrong. Max Oliver is still working on a lobster boat at the age of 78. And if you think that's astounding, it's nothing compared to his crewmate. She's 101 years old, and her name is Virginia Oliver, and she's Max's mom. She gets onto hmm. the ship three days a week from May to November. My plug's coming out of my mic. Sorry. She gets okay. on the ship three days a week from May to November to uh, to work off the coast of Maine. You know why I said she's still working? Why's that? She got to pay for her health care. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, uh, together the mother and son work in tandem, doing one of the most hazardous jobs in the country. Max hauls in the traps from the water while Virginia measures their catches, keeping the large lobsters and releasing the ones that are too small. Um, she's been lobstering since she was seven or eight years old, which is right before hmm. the Great Depression. If you didn't know. Said, I didn't know that. Yeah. She said, it's not hard work for me. It might be for somebody else, but not for her. So although not hard work for Virginia, that doesn't mean it's not dangerous. 
For instance, she recently cut herself so badly that she needed stitches. The occupational hazards coupled with her age have left care providers urging her to step back. And she here's a quote from her. She said, the doctor said to me, what are you doing out there lobstering for? Or what are you out there lobstering for? And she said, because I want to. So she, <laughs> she said, also could have answered uh, fishing for lobsters. Yeah, right. Trying to, <laughs> hey, we're trying to catch lobsters, Doc. <laughs> You're supposed to be the smart one here. She think your lobster dinners are going to go catch themselves. They're that's not. right. She went on to say uh, that she plans on working until she dies uh, and that she didn't know when that will be. I, I got a feeling it'll be soon. Just, I mean, based off <laughs> of it's a numbers game, really, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but maybe she could get her brain cryo- cryogenically frozen and then they'll make a lobster robot and she can come and do that. I don't know. But that's about all the article said. I just thought it was amazing that this lady's out there doing like hard physical labor at 101. And if that doesn't tell you about capitalism, I don't know what does. I think it's amazing how much longer women live than men. That's true. Even in the lobstering lobstering (laughs) industry, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. a chance you and I have eaten one of the lobsters she touched down at Red Lobster one night, you know? Well, I, me personally, I haven't eaten a whole lot of lobster. Oh, yeah. So I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> the lobster's really like a big crawdad, you know? Mm-hmm. When you think about it. So, I don't, yeah, but you don't have to eat 50 of them. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a social food. Now, I read somewhere a long time ago that lobsters used to be like a poor man's food. And then somebody got the idea to like serve it in the upper class cars on trains or something. And so then Mm -hmm. it turned into a rich people food. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like crawfish, I believe they used to be what the the poor people ate. I think there's still what the poor people eat, right? It's just that's true, <laughs> but it is like a thing. Like you know, yeah. There's like crawfish festivals sure. and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, brisket, beef brisket. That used to be one of the worst cuts of beef there was, but the cowboys would eat it when they were out on the you know trail. That's all they could afford, and they right. figured out how to make it good. And now you know, beef brisket is is like if someone does it right, it's it's one of the, the best things you can get. I had brisket for lunch today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've ever told you, but I almost got arrested at a crawfish festival once. Have I ever told you the <laughs> story? It, was it the Schaefer Eye Center? No. This is in Fawnsdale. So Fawnsdale, okay. I don't know if they still do, used to have a big crawfish festival. And uh, we were on our way to a Boy Scout trip. And, like, it was a Order of the Arrow trip. We decided to stop. And... uh I had way too much to drink, like entirely too much to drink. And I yeah, too much Kool-Aid. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I registered. I, you know, like there was some contest I registered and I drew my name and I got to get in one of those cash booths where you like grab cash yeah. and it blows around. Like I, yeah, I was like seeing, tickets, yeah. Yes. I was, I was seeing like triple. So anyways, I exit the <laughs> cash booth with my winnings, which was $7 and two tickets. <laughs> no, the best part is I also won two tickets 
to a gospel singing, a Southern gospel singing concert. And, uh, <laughs> and the ABC, which is the alcohol, you know, beverage control board or whatever, Alabama beverage control board, uh, mm-hmm. came up with a video camera and everything handcuffs out because they thought I was underage and checked my ID and everything. And I was 21. I'd been 21 for a couple of months or whenever this happened. <laughs> it was fine. And then we continued on and to Mobile Scout Reservation down in South Alabama and had our little trip that we had planned. So, um, all right. That's for everybody. That was the gospel singing. <laughs> I did not make it. But it was, you didn't make it? Well, it's crazy. It was, it was my mom. People don't know. Brenda Long was a, a Southern gospel star for a while, you know, recorded mm-hmm. albums, all that. And it was at a fireman's benefit singing that they used, that all these gospel groups used to come in and do about well auditorium. And I'd been to probably 10 of them in my life. And when I saw all the tickets, I was like, I know exactly what that is. And I'm not going to go, you know, but I made $7. So there you go. Okay. And that's how I almost got arrested at the Crawfish Festival in Fallsdale, Alabama. Hmm. Yeah. All to, right. On a Boy Scout trip. Well, John, have you ever been out camping with the Boy Scouts and been mauled by a beaver? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, according to one 73-year-old Greenfield man, it is not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A 73-year-old Greenfield man is recovering from injuries suffered when his leisurely swim in a remote Franklin County pond turned into a life-or-death fight with an enraged and likely rabid beaver. Okay. Mark (laughs) Paracini suffered extensive injuries in the September 6th attack and came close to drowning. He had multiple puncture wounds, flesh torn from an arm and a leg, scratches and lacerations all over his body, scalp, and a torn tendon on one of his fingers. Goodness. (laughs) He also fractured a knuckle on one hand, most likely from punching the beaver as it repeatedly attacked him. (laughs) He's also there. (laughs) He is also undergoing treatment for rabies. In an interview with the Republican, uh, Percini said fighting a prolonged battle with an enraged 50-pound wild animal while trying to stay afloat left him exhausted. While the fight continued in the deep water, he estimated that it lasted five minutes. It occurred to him that he was in deep trouble. <laughs> you see what he did there? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. At some point, I said to myself, if I stop and fight him one more time, I'm going to drown. Unable to chase away the beaver or to stop it from attacking him, he said that he made a desperate attempt to swim the 40 yards to shore. For the most of the distance, the beaver continued to bite him on his heels and his legs, arm, back, and his buttocks. Most of the whole way back to the shore, this beaver is just mauling him. <laughs> Whooping him. It says here. A beaver attacks on people in Massachusetts, North America, or anywhere on Earth are exceptionally rare. They, they, there have been around a dozen such attacks reported in North America in the last ten years. Emily Stellar, 
Stola Solarski, spokeswoman for Massachusetts Wildlife, said that there are very few recorded incidents in Massachusetts of beavers attacking people. But they have happened, she added. According to the State Division of Fisheries and Wildlife, beavers are fairly common in Massachusetts. Adults can grow to two or three feet in length, not counting the tail, and they can weigh anywhere between 35 and 80 pounds, which that's pretty big for a beaver. Yeah. Confrontations between people and beavers typically involve dams and flooded property and not physical violence. Attacks tend to involve beavers found later found to be rabid. In 2018, a rabid beaver in Pennsylvania attacked a man and his daughter in their kayaks. The man ended up clubbing it to death with his paddle. A year later, wow. a rabid beaver attacked a group of people swimming in a river near Covington, Virginia. And in 2013, a fisherman in Belarus was attacked and killed by a beaver. I, so they've they've done they've got a kill here. Yeah, right. They're out for blood. The man, apparently, he picked it up hoping to take a photo with it, but the beaver bit him several times and then sliced the man's femoral artery, causing him to bleed to death before he could get help. Mass Mass wildlife biologists say that beavers are quite territorial and they will defend their space against intruders. Almost all of these incidents that we are aware of have occurred when people are swimming in a beaver pond or near a beaver lodge. Mm. Uh, he says that he knows of two beaver lodges at the opposite end of the pond from where he was swimming. I know every inch of that pond. I know where the beaver lodges are. He refuses to specify which pond he was swimming in. He's concerned if they would trap and kill the entire beaver population there. And he does not want that to happen. Man, I would roll over on those beavers so fast. Absolutely. I feel like that's where they are. Do your thing. (laughs) They deserve it. But the pond is so remote that he doubts any other people will swim there this year. And he said he's never seen another person in all the time that he's gone there. He also said that he's been swimming in the same spot since the 1970s. And he said the pond is remote enough that he has to ride his trail bike deep into the woods to reach it. It has a small island some 50 yards offshore. So he's given us a lot of clues here. You yeah. think maybe if we get on Google Maps, Rocket we can Bible. find where these rabbit beavers are. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag find the beavers. <laughs> a rabbit beaver is not always the worst thing, you know? <laughs> it's not. No, no. No, but it's, you don't, uh, he you don't says want a beaver that's out for blood. Huh? I said, you don't want a beaver that's out for blood. No, though. you don't. No. This reminds me of a no, joke, you don't. Tiny. You don't. You do not. This reminds me of a joke. <laughs> what? Okay. What What bike does a woman ride? What bike? Yeah, like a bicycle. What bike does a woman ride? You know what? It's a mistress. I, I don't. I, I, they <laughs> they only ride it. Once a, they only ride it once a month, though. Oh no! I think it's froze up. Anyways, I didn't mean to derail your story with a bad joke. Um, anyway, this guy is saying he hopes to get better. He's resting, and that he hopes when he gets better, he can go back to the pond. And then uh, he says it's very therapeutic that he commonly shoots video of the scene on his phone. And at night when he's trying to sleep, he'll listen to the sound of the water on the shore through the pine trees. 
Well, I mean, that's uh, so anyway, this just this is a really article for a beaver attack, but he has not yeah. been deterred. So I, he's like, uh, I mean, I I don't know if I if I got attacked by a beaver, I would try to kill every beaver I ever saw for the rest of my life. You know. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like uh, like the outlaw Josie Wales or something. I don't know, but this other guy just wants to go hang out with him. I, I don't get it. He deserves to be attacked by after a one of them tried to kill him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after a beaver tried to kill him, he's like, "Well, you know, it probably, probably wasn't rabid, and nobody is probably gonna go." <laughs> this is the definition of beaver whipped. <laughs> This guy's beaver whipped. That's all there is to say about it. I mean, that happens to many a man, you know? Well, let's talk about woolly mammoths, okay? A firm <laughs> has them. raised... Yeah, a firm has raised $15 million to bring back the woolly mammoth from extinction. How do you feel about that? Nice. You know, I think it's great. I know that humans long ago ate... Woolly mammoths, and they hunted to 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 ex, they hunted them to extinction. And I would love to live in I would love to live to see a day when the woolly mammoth is back, and we can hunt them to extinction again. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one thing to hit a deer with your car, but think about hitting a woolly mammoth. Yeah, you know that's not going to be good. I'm a, I'm anti woolly no. mammoth, by the way. I'm on the record. <laughs> so you don't want them to come back. You like we won this fight. Humans won. We don't need to go resurrect the woolly yeah. mammoth. Right? Yeah. No, we won that one. You know, I'm not for animals going extinct, <laughs> right. but I could see like I, if the woolly mammoth dies, the woolly mammoth dies. You know, like we just gotta let it go. We don't need to turn back time. We're not cheer share. <laughs> what if they were really tasty though? They could have been. Uh, I always wanted a brontosaurus <laughs> burger like they had in uh, the Flintstones. Yeah, well, yeah. The discussion about bringing woolly mammoths have been going on for like forever, like a decade or so. Um, mm-hmm. But on Monday, researchers announced a fresh fi- fund. Researchers announced fresh funding they believe could make their dream a reality. It comes in the form of $15 million raised by the bioscience and genetics company Colossal, a tech uh, and software entrepreneur Ben Lamb and George Church, who's a professor of genetics at Harvard, uh, has pioneered new approaches to gene. He's pioneered new approaches to gene editing. These scientists have set their initial sights on creating an elephant-mammoth hybrid by making embryos in the laboratory that carry mammoth DNA. The starting project for uh, involves taking skin cells from Asian elephants, which are threatened with extinction, by the way, and reprogramming them into more versatile stem cells that carry mammoth DNA. The particular hmm. genes that are responsible for mammoth hair, insulating fat layers, and cold climate adaptations are identified by comparing mammoth genomes extracted from animals recovered from permafrost uh, with those uh, from the related, oh, with those from related Asian elephants. 
So then those embryos would then be carried to term in a surrogate mother or potentially in an artificial womb. There you go, Tiny. I know you're <laughs> I know you're a big artificial womb fan. I'm a big artificial now. I would like to see a human artificial womb. Sure. But hey, maybe the mammoth womb is just the the bridge to get us there. Yeah, the precursor to that. It's, right. If it all goes with plan, to plan and the hurdles are far from trivial, the researchers hope to have their first set of calves in six years. A little premature okay, on the announcement, though. You know, <laughs> right. you wait until it's about a year and then you put a, a webcam on the elephant mom or the surrogate womb or the, uh, the artificial womb and let everybody watch it happen in real time. Right. Uh, so it says, our goal is to make a cold-resistant elephant, but it's going to look and behave like a mammoth. Not because we're trying to trick anybody, but because we want something that is functionally equivalent to the mammoth uh, that will enjoy its time at a uh, minus 40 degrees Celsius and do hmm. all the things that elephants and mammoths do, in particular, knocking down trees. <laughs> now, this is a really long article. It gets a very sciencey and all that. I think we can stop there. Everybody's got the picture uh, that they're going to bring mammoths back. And I just don't know how I feel about it. I don't think we'll have a problem with mammoths in the southeast. Although, you know, they found a mammoth skull in Demophilus. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the, uh, I think they call it the Demophilus mammoth. And uh, huh. it's actually it's on display in the uh, in the Natural History Museum at the university. Which if you know, well, now didn't didn't woolly mammoths used to roam the Great Plains of North America? I have, so I, my woolly mammoth knowledge is none. I have no real knowledge of the woolly mammoth, other than it's, I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure they did. I remember I was I was reading some article about it. Like North America did have some what they call megafauna. Yeah, like not. I mean, up until like just, you know, a, a several thousand years ago, so sure. pretty recent. Right. And some people were thinking about, well, maybe we could reintroduce some of that. Right. Uh, maybe that's why they're trying to bring back the woolly mammoth. I don't know. But I, I just feels it just feels wrong with me. Don't go messing with nature like that. You know, John, when has science messing with nature ever did anything bad? Well, I think you've probably seen the documentary <laughs> Jurassic Park. And I think yeah. that should let everybody know what will happen if we go down this road. But, John, that was a good thing. That gave us three really good movies and two okay ones. <laughs> Do you know what? So, I saw the original uh, Jurassic Park like as a sneak release, like a preview or whatever release in Birmingham. And uh, I was like, this is this is the greatest that movies will ever get, you know? <laughs> you know what? I tell you, it holds up. I don't know if I would say best movie ever, but it's still a fantastic movie. Yeah, no, I don't think it's the best movie ever, but like 13-year-old John did. Uh, of course, I haven't seen a ton of movies, so it's probably in my top 10. <laughs> <laughs> but those effects, even for the 90s, yeah. they hold up today. They st It still looks good. Sure. Yeah, I know. And then now everybody will like Photoshop Jeffrey Bezos by dead Triceratops and be like, 
you know, he's out hunting these things, <laughs> hate him and all. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the gift that keeps on giving, really. Okay, John. Well, let me ask you this. We've talked about the woolly mammoth. Are you familiar with beaning? I have no idea what beaning okay. is. <laughs> I don't think beaning has quite made its way over here, but apparently this is this is taken off in England. Uh, the headline here, and this comes from the Manchester Evening News. This is what they're doing across the pond, as they say. Sure. Concerns over kids buying baked beans as beaning trend goes viral. Police have issued a warning to shops over a concerning new viral trend involving baked beans. Shops have been urged to look out for children buying large quantities of the tinned goods, while parents are being encouraged to check their cupboards. Beaning, in case you didn't know, uh, is a bizarre new trend that took off on social media sharing app TikTok it involves children smearing baked beans onto people's driveways, doors, and cars, and then, of course, filming it and uploading it to social media. <laughs> Numerous huh. videos have been posted on social media with the uh, with the hashtag hashtag Bean Bandits, <laughs> the messy okay. craze, which which also potentially which is also potentially harmful to dogs, has promised West Yorkshire police to issue a warning to retailers and parents. Uh, Michelle Owens, who is a PCSO, I have no idea what that stands for. It has come to the attention of the police that a new trend has started by groups of youths called beaning. This involves youths throwing the contents of a can of beans over properties very similar to the trend of throwing eggs. So this is like the new egging people, now beaning wow. people. Okay. Uh, if you work in a shop, please, you can be aware, if youths are buying large quantities of the cans of beans, then you, and you have children living at home, please be mindful if you see them removing cans of beans from the family home. Last month, Surrey police launched an appeal after the village of Warnish was terrorized by so-called bean bandits. In one picture, four empty cans could be seen discarded near a doorstep studded with little orange beans. And another showed a gray car with sauce dribbling down the driver's window, leaving an unsightly orange smudge. Uh, and they didn't talk about it in this article, but I read that they're saying that baked beans could potentially be harmful to dogs. But I've never heard of that. Have you ever heard in your life that baked beans are bad for dogs? No, I've okay. never heard well, that. Maybe that's just what they're saying to try to turn the public on this whole thing. But uh, I have, I, I went online and apparently like uh, people are putting baked beans in people's dry, uh, mailboxes. If someone leaves a window down on their car, they're pouring baked beans in their car. Uh -huh. and it's I can handle beans. a mailbox. <laughs> yeah, I can handle a mailbox, but not inside my car, you know? Yeah, that's over the line. <laughs> These kids are crazy. Well, you know, I mean, I say turnabout is fair play. I mean, like, can we can we get our phones and go out and like throw beans at teenagers and be like, hi, sure. you don't got bean food? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, there was a there's another TikTok 
trend. I don't remember what it's called, but apparently kids in Tuscaloosa were doing it where you would like steal stuff from school, like the soap dispenser out of the, out of the bathroom or whatever. And I mean, I got over last week, I got at least four emails from the school and school system about how kids shouldn't do that. And uh, Thomas had made like a a TikTok where he was joking, like he was going to steal their classroom's bearded dragon, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and then because one of his friends has a bearded dragon. And like thing is, like you show that you show it and then you show them show yourself pulling it out of your backpack at home or whatever. And so he was going to get his friends to videotape you know, pulling the, the thing out of a backpack and send it to him. But it's like, uh, it's like a uh, video got flagged for, you know, being bad or something. And he got, got a, a like a warning from TikTok. So he's like a TikTok Uh-oh. rebel now. <laughs> I say good for you, Thomas. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good though. I don't know why it's a, well, first, I mean, you don't need to be stealing from school, you know, number one. Mm-hmm. And like I told him, like, look, if you steal the toilet paper dispenser in the bathroom, then all you're really doing is making some guy who's who works at the school have to go in there and put that back up. You know, like he don't want to do that. And you don't want to be a guy that makes him do that, you know, and not to mention that stealing is wrong and our tax dollars pay for all that stuff. So, you know, in the end, you're just screwing yourself. But more Mm -hmm. More than likely, you're just screwing the guy that you're creating extra work for. And people who create extra work for people just to do it are the worst to me, you know? Right. Um, it's like, you know, like if your kid goes to Walmart and touches, puts his fingerprints all over the jewelry case or whatever, you're like, come on, somebody's got to clean that. Just keep your hands in your pockets or whatever. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same principle. Don't make anybody's life harder. Um, well, I feel like I should give a little warning on this one because we're going to be talking. I mean, although you've talked about beavers, um, we're going to be talking about male anatomy parts in this story. So you may, if you're a youngster or you have your kids in the car, may want to press pause, wait, fast forward, whatever you need to do. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago has confirmed they have no record of Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's swollen testicles. <laughs> we live in a day and age where this is news, John. Yeah, no, somebody had to fact check this, you know? <laughs> where would we be without the Facebook fact checkers? <laughs> um says, everybody, hands out of your pants. We have a topic of interest to discuss. The health minister of Trinidad and Tobago, Dr. Terrence Deasing, has issued a statement saying there is no reported case of swollen testicles in the country, nor has there been a case reported anywhere in the world. Now, why is this something worth reporting on? Because Monday... Nicki Minaj went on a Twitter tirade about the COVID-19 vaccine and the reasons that she is holding off on getting vaccinated. Let's recap. I suppose the best place to start is a first tweet sent about 10 minutes before the Met Gala 
Uh, Minaj confirmed that she would not be in attendance, adding that if she were going to get the vaccine, it would not be for the Met Gala. Um, so a mere 15 minutes later, she launched another tweet offering an anecdote, anecdote about her cousin's friend who lives in Trinidad and Tobago. Allegedly, after receiving the vaccine, his testicles became swollen, leading to his impotence. His fiance, in a particularly gruesome move, then left him. Hmm. Yeah. And it was all due to the COVID vaccine. Sure. His balls swolled up, you know. <laughs> uh, the Internet had a real treat on its hand, making fun of poor Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend and his large testicle. For the record, no instance of swole gonads have been reported in the United States though allegations of infertility have become a common conspiracy theory surrounding the vaccines. So anyways, back to the nuts. Minaj (laughs) made no more mention of them the rest of the night outside of telling Megan McCain to eat, uh, eat poop when she quoted the tweet. Instead, she opted to post a poll about which vaccine she should get. People started questioning if Minaj should be using her platform to question vaccines or encourage research. But to me, we aren't spending enough time talking about the alleged vaccine-stricken huevos. (laughs) (laughs) So the next day, Minaj posted that her cousin was trying to get in touch with her. And then on the third day, the health minister from Trinidad, Vega, rose and said, there's no cases. So... There's a few lessons that you need to take away from this. Number one, anytime someone says their cousin's friend has done anything, they're automatically making it up. You know? <laughs> Always. Right. Everybody, everybody knows. It's so hard to track a cousin's friend. You make it reach the cousin, <laughs> but the friend is going to be the hard one to find. Right. Um, number two. Nicki Minaj is basically the same as your conservative boomer uncle on Facebook. (laughs) Same person. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and, uh, number three is that uh, swollen balls, you know, happen for a lot of reasons. Could be. Right. I mean, it could be. If her, if this cousin's friend is true, I feel like maybe he got an STD and he told his fiance, "I uh, this happened because I got the vaccine." You know? Yes, yes. And that's why she left him. That's what I would say too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyways, I guess that uh, the moral of the story is is uh, you got to do your own research. Yes. Uh, Just leave the rappers. Let them be rappers. Yeah, that's that's what they're good at. Well, that's the thing. Like, who are the people looking to Nicki Minaj for vaccine information? You know, even if even if she's given credible information, like you still have to go. Well, that's Nicki Minaj. You know, she's not a virologist Mm -hmm. or. Uh, you know, uh, she doesn't hasn't studied microbacteria or any any of that microbiology or any of that stuff. Uh, right. She's good at two things: rapping and ripping off strip club patrons. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
She admitted to rob people. Forget. People, people forget <laughs> that Nicki Minaj would rob strip club patrons. Yeah. Which, I mean, now she's a vaccine conspiracy theorist. Right. No, that's the craziest. That's the craziest thing about it. I don't know. They said she voted for Trump. I don't know though. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. I don't. I what, doubt it. What if she starts wearing like "Make America Great Again," you know, hats and gear, and she's got Trump 2020 flag by, in her videos? That'd be pretty great. They're going to be trying to, uh, what's the word? They're, they're going to be trying to commit her like they did Kanye. I say, I heard Kanye could do a duet, you know, a, co- <laughs> a collaboration, I believe they call it now. Yeah. It ain't a duet like, you know, Dolly and Kenny Rogers or anything. Mm-hmm. They could release an album titled Trump is President. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up to Jesus is King. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Hudson's a huge Kanye fan, and uh, Kanye's just released a new album, if you didn't know. Uh, Was it Donda? I I haven't listened to it yet. Yes. Hudson will send me a song from it every once in a while, but I think you'd like this. And I'll listen to it. It's not horrible or anything. I thought his Jesus is King album was was decent. Sure. (laughs) I especially like Closed on Sunday. (laughs) I bet you hated that song. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> the uh, like middle-aged white people embracing Kanye when he said he loved Jesus was one of the the most bizarre moments of our lifetime, <laughs> really, you know? I'm just glad I was able to see it. Yeah, I know. It was great. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, there's like these old Republican politicians on TV talking about how much they like Kanye exactly. <laughs> and what a good artist he is. <laughs> For a brief moment, Tiny, like a very (laughs) brief moment, maybe no more than three minutes, Kanye brought like perfect racial harmony into this country. You know? Yeah, I know. Which is more than Obama did. No offense to (laughs) President Obama, but he didn't didn't bring us the unity that Kanye did. No. And speaking of Obama, I can't wait for Nicki Minaj's next tweets about how Michelle Obama is a man. (laughs) <laughs> because because her friend her cousin's friend was dating her in high school that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's priceless okay well we need to talk about our sponsor uh, I mean, just coming in on the heels of that, but let's just talk about Cajun Curl. World-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, and we want to thank them for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order their spice right there on the website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's the seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on it will change your life. On the website, you can find the original Bayou Blended Spice, and you'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, 
ask them to start stocking it now. It's available here in town at Val's Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, Mark's Mart, and uh, the Lurley Wallace Piggly Wiggly. And also, if you're around town, check out the Cajun Curls food truck. Just throw that in there for free, Brandon. Yeah. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl by you the Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Dang it, did it quit recording? Hello. All right, world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blend of Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Dang it. Can you hear me, Tiny? Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. Okay. John, we have a voicemail from Jacqueline. Okay. So, uh, I guess I'm going to just uh, hold up my phone, and then I'll just edit it in later. So, if you could hold all comments to the end of the call, okay. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Sure. Hey, guys, it's Jacqueline. I'm alive and well. Hooray. The hurricane we got was Larry. Um, I don't know if you guys got that hurricane or not, but it was Hurricane Larry, and uh, it did a lot of damage, uh, not so much here, but mostly in Newfoundland, but we got the tailings of it. So anyway, everything is all good here. Uh, very sad this week, Norm MacDonald passed away, one of the greats. Uh, I always recommend that people watch the Mike Tyson mysteries with him as Pigeon. It's some of his funniest stuff. But also, if you just, if you don't know Norm MacDonald or are familiar with his work, I seriously suggest you listen to his, uh, OJ Simpson stuff. It's dated, because it was around the time of OJ Simpson, but it's hilarious and, uh, one of the best ones was the day after OJ was found not guilty. He announced that murder is now legal in the state of California. So anyway, um, hope you guys are having a great week. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I got to say when, which that's old news by now, by the time we finally, because I think the news came out either the, if not the day our new episode uh, posted, then the day after that Norm MacDonald had passed away. And I had no idea that apparently he had a nine-year battle with cancer that he told almost nobody about. Nobody knew. And uh, his battle with cancer ended in a draw when he and the cancer both died together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. One of the one of all time. Really, like, Norm MacDonald is one of the funniest comedians ever. And all you need for evidence of that is just watch him interact with other comedians. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can make other comedians lose it, then you're really good. And he's super funny. Uh, sad to see him go. I didn't know him personally, so I'm not like super sad. Uh, but hate that someone that uh, bright, brilliant, and funny had to leave this earth so early. Yeah, and I, you know, he was a comedian's comedian. He was well respected by other comedians, and I think the reason that is is because you know there's a lot of people who like to say they don't care. You know, I don't care. I'll say whatever. But Norm Macdonald was alone, and yeah. he truly would say whatever. And I think he was. I think a lot of other comedians were really envious of him because he did not care about cancel culture. 
when his jokes didn't get laughs, he did again. He didn't care as long as he thought they were funny. He would tell them anyway. Right. And he it, bombing bothered him at none, zero. If he got up there and nobody laughed at a single joke, he did not care. And uh, and you know he he said a lot of things that made a lot of people mad, and it really affected his career. I mean, he was well respected in his community, but there was you know he he got fired from his you know weekend update bit on SNL because he would not stop telling OJ jokes. Right. The president of NBC told him, "Hey, that's my friend. Stop telling OJ jokes," and he would not quit. He went out that night and opened up with more OJ jokes. So that's exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad to see him go. He's super funny. I mean, he's super funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and all time, if you haven't watched it, I mentioned it on this show before. Uh, everyone needs to go and watch his when he hosted the ESPYS because <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. If you watch that and you think that having Peyton Manning host is better then you're just not funny. You know, you just don't have a sense right. of humor. Like Peyton Manning. Yeah, like Peyton Manning. Although <laughs> Peyton is trying to grow on me because mm-hmm. they are doing this. Well, they're doing it for a few games on Monday Night Football on like ESPN2. It's him and Eli talking about the game. Like me and you might sit around and talk about the game if we were right. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks from a, a a football family, you know. Right. And it's been pretty funny. Of course, Eli is funnier than Peyton, but maybe it's just because I enjoy the little brother dynamic of him just mm-hmm. just getting digs in at Peyton whenever he can. So, Right. Uh, well, John, we have some questions. Okay. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. Uh, if you like to ask John questions, so do we. Uh, You can go to our Discord channel. We have a special sub-channel that is titled Ask John Questions About Stuff, and you can uh, ask him questions in there, and then we'll read them on the show. Our first question comes from Jacqueline. Was Roly-Poly named for the song Fish Heads? Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Roly-Poly, Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Eat Them Up, Yum. No, it wasn't. I'm not familiar with that song. I've never heard that song either. (laughs) That must be a Canadian thing. But Roly-Poly, just so everybody knows who aren't familiar, we made sandwiches like wraps. We we called them rolled sandwiches because we were making them before everybody got into wraps. And and so that's the name. They were rolled sandwiches, Roly-Poly. There you go. Okay. Raytheon asks, will you be okay? Yes. And also mentions that he's praying for you. So. Okay. Yes, I'll be okay. <laughs> he, he's doing more. He's, he's, he's praying for you way more than me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I did get a I'm praying for you text from Tiny, though, back when my <laughs> uncle died. So it's right. That's right. I did. Considering I don't have <laughs> cancer, you know, to have Tiny pray for me, I was humbled, really. <laughs> uh, Wilts asks, have you ever tried a grilled pimento and cheese sandwich? Absolutely, I have. That's my really Ooh. regular lunch. <laughs> okay. So so not just a pimento and cheese sandwich, but you like to grill it. So, yeah. 
Well, if okay. I'm in a hurry, I just toast the bread in the toaster and put the mm-hmm. pimento cheese on it. It's like a poor man's grilled pimento cheese. Gotcha. Phil Zootsuit asks, if a hummingbird and a dragonfly fell in love and then got together, what would they have? Would it be a hummingbird fly or a dragon bird? Oh, dragon bird sounds good. Yes. I would I would I think humming fly, not even humming dragon fly. That's a mouthful. Humming fly right. sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like Dragon Bird. Yeah, I mean, that's I good. You, like, if I hear Dragon Bird and then it's like somewhere between the size of a hummingbird and a fly, I'm going to be disappointed. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Nicole asks, if you had to rank yourself and Tiny on a 1 to 10 scale, as you do with women, what scores would you give yourselves? Well, Tiny would uh, 100% be a 10. He's an absolute <laughs> man rocket. I'm talking about just a catch, uh, you know, classic, handsome features that every man would uh, die to have, really. Now, <laughs> I'm probably a solid six, maybe seven. You know, I used to be, I used to be seven, eight, but I've gotten old. I've gotten chubby. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten old. I've gotten a little chubby, but I have gotten richer. So that really helps out, too. So. Yes. But it really depends on the woman. You know, I actually had this conversation with Shane. I may be like a a seven or a six for normal women, but to the girl at the convenience store that has a mustache and she's missing a tooth up front, I'm probably a (laughs) 10 to her, you know? Right. (laughs) You just got to know your audience. Yeah, the woman who's been in, I don't know, three or four abusive relationships, sure. she would probably really like to have a guy like oh, me. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a catch of the day, you know? Like, I would be Prince Charming to that woman. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, I, also, uh, women women rape men, too, don't they? Sure. Like Maybe they don't use a number like we do, but they definitely have a term called marriage material. I would think so, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, Phil Zootsuit asks, if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Oh, I would say a jackass. <laughs> Good answer. I mean, everyone <laughs> will say cat, you know, because cats get a reputation for being selfish and rude. But yeah, I don't I, I would think a jackass. I mean, Balaam's donkey, <laughs> you know, uh, wasn't it Balaam? Who is the guy with a donkey in the Bible? It talked to him. That was Balaam. Yes. Right. It wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly nice. No. (laughs) Which now Balaam had been beating him. Sure. So they didn't have the best relationship either. (laughs) He'd been whooping his jackass (laughs) because he wouldn't tell, he wouldn't do what he told him was telling him to do. That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) People forget about that story, by the way, you know, it's a great story. It is. Dree, D. Reeves asks, I was in Sam's last weekend and I bought a pair of pants. According to the Long family, does that make me a nerd or maybe just poor white trash? I wondered about it as I was checking out. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter is the one that wouldn't let me buy clothes at Sam's. I would buy and wear clothes from Sam's. Well, my daughter <laughs> right. would probably call you nerdy white trash. 
Oh, okay. Well, Which there I, you go. I know D Reeves. He's definitely not white trash. Right. Oh, yeah. No, he, he'd be a tad nerdy. Yeah. He's an important <laughs> man. People don't know. Uh, I tell you what, we have a we have a slew of questions here, but I'm going to ask a couple more and then we'll save some more for next week because you never it's know. Wednesday yeah. and <laughs> I don't know how many questions we're going to get by the end of this week that we're almost already at. So C-Pain asks, what would the title of your autobiography be? Oh, that's a good question. My autobiography means I'm writing it about myself. So Mm -hmm. it would probably be something stupid, you know? I don't know. Like uh, the Pimento Cheese Chronicles. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You definitely need to workshop that. This is just off the top of my head. Mine might be uh, from rednecks to cash and checks. Okay. There you go. But that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, mine might be like half white trash. You know, mm-hmm. or I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I've never thought about writing an autobiography. Chris here has a suggestion. He, he says, uh, what a long, strange John it's been. That's well, pretty see, good. <laughs> I thought about that, but you know, that's like the obvious choice. Not, not mm-hmm. down in Chris, you know, but yeah, that's a line from a Grateful Dead song. So. Well, not what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. Uh, And then last question that we're going to ask today, at least. uh, Nicole asked, do close football games stress you out? I would assume the last one didn't stress you out, seeing as that you were in the woods in the middle of a flood. (laughs) I still haven't watched Alabama football. Um, (laughs) uh, Yes and no. Um, Sometimes they're like super awesome. But mm-hmm. when we win, is they're yeah. super awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it is it is stressful, but it's not like real stress. Like mm-hmm. my business is going under. How am I going to feed my family? Stress. You know, you got to keep it in perspective. Right, right. That's real stress. It's more like uh, I hope these teenagers <laughs> do really well so I can be happy for the next week. <laughs> Yeah, and talk trash on the internet. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that has been questions. Ask John questions about stuff. If you have any more questions, you can go to uh, our Discord server and you can ask John questions yourself because we're going to need probably. Well, no, we we're probably going to need a few more <laughs> come sure. Sunday. So. Join it. Join it and post some questions. All right. Well, uh, before we end this free part of the show, we have to thank our patrons, John. Sure. And I don't have our patrons pulled up in front of me. So what I'm going to do is just cut and paste from another episode where we read all the names of people. Anyway, those fine, fine, fine individuals are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Mr. Warsaw, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Carol Wisco, Ms. Sherry Heron. Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. J.D. Westfall, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Tyler Bond, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. McWill. Uh, but we thank you all so much for donating to the show and just keeping this, uh, keeping this thing going. Yeah. The reason John hasn't quit yet is because of your patronage. Thank you. That's absolutely right.
Uh, if you would like to hop on that Patreon train and keep John on the show so that he doesn't quit, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earth oddity podcast and you can sign up. We have several different tiers, but if you join at the $5 tier, you get an extended show every single week. And then once a month, you get an all exclusive patrons only show this month. We're going to do two shows. Hopefully, if not, maybe we'll do three shows next month, but we'll, we're going to make it up somehow. I promise. Sure. That is that is patreon.com slash earth oddity. Extend your oddity. Speaking of the extension, what do we got coming up in the extended show, John? Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I can talk about mine in the regular <laughs> show. <laughs> Let's say there's All a... Right. There's a man with a very interesting medical problem, and it's okay. not sw- it's not swollen testicles. <laughs> I got you. Well, my story we're going to talk about uh, how you do not insert USB uh, <laughs> okay cords. So <laughs> everyone seems to have a problem with inserting those upside down, and that was certainly the case for one young boy on the verge of manhood. So. Sure, yeah. Well, I guess I'll about do it for the free show. Do you got anything to say before we end it? Um, no, just thank you for listening. I appreciate everybody being patient because I've been screwing up. I know a lot of people may think this is like me starting my slow fade away from the podcast. But that's I've wondered that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really has not been my intention, I promise. Life has yeah. just been busy as every I, I it's like the past month has been a blur for me so um i'm i'm going to get back to normal and things will smooth out hopefully i don't want to say it okay. too loud or it won't happen so I apologize <laughs> to our listeners for that but if if honestly if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time you know i'm the weakest link anyway so you know <laughs> like none of this should be a surprise, a surprise. <laughs> yeah. i just want them to know that i know i'm the weakest link too so it's it's my yeah. fault yeah and if you think you're funny, then you can record an audition tape and you can send that to earthoddityspodcast at planetmail.net. That would be great. <laughs> there is a house for sale in our neighborhood. Just move on in. <laughs> Come on in. You can walk over to Tiny's as long as you're not potentially sick and record in his house. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can go to your house. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, I'll let y'all record at my house. It's fine. <laughs> you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pandora, iHeartRadio. I said Spotify already. Yeah. We're on them all, pretty much. Yeah. If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. We have that same handle on Instagram if you want to check out our show art. We have a Discord server, link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope you all have an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye.
been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Sorry about that. Eli has been knocking on the door and <laughs> passing notes. And I had to gently go tell him, I'm like, son, all your friends are already in bed asleep. You are the only 11 year old in North America that is still awake at this hour. <laughs> Be thankful. No, that's right. That's and not leave right. me alone, please. I love you. You don't know, Tiny. <laughs> I love you. you. You but can let me go, do my thing. You can go to Walmart right now, and there'll be eleven year old in there running around with no shoes on, with no adult supervision. That's a, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs>